Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. We are in the middle of a series called Christmas in July, and we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're actually going to be reading a lot of the same scripture week in and week out. Hopefully it gets repetitive and it starts to ingrain into our brain, right? Um, that, that's, that's how I learn. Like, like one year, like I started, like every year, I, like at the beginning of the year, I just start asking the Lord, you know, what, what, what do you want me to study? What do you want me to do? And, and one year the Lord's like, hey, I want you to go through Romans. So I started my year off in Romans. Uh, that is, uh, I think, the fifth, uh, sixth book in the New Testament. And I started my, my year off in Romans. I got done with Romans, and I was like, okay, Lord, what do, you want me, what do you want me to read? He's like, I want you to read Romans. I'm like, okay. So I read Romans again. I, I went through it a little slower this time and got done with Romans. And I was like, okay, Lord, where, where, do, you want me, where, where do you want me to go? And um, he's like, I want you to read Romans. So that whole year is like, I think it's um, 2018. All I read in the Bible was the book of Romans. And, um, but the cool thing about that is, man, every time I read through Romans that year, something else hit me, something else challenged me, something else. And um, I pray that as we look through the, some of the same scripture, that it does the same thing. It hits us differently because it's the living word. The, the Bible is Jesus in book form. That, that is literally, he is the word of God. And so he, he has something for us today. And before we get into that, um, I have some jokes for you. And I'm not going to tell you a Ford joke because uh, Ryan Tosh has had Ford problems this week. And I, I might have jinxed him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, so Amy and I, we have this like cybersecurity type of insurance, not really insurance, but like it, it monitors everything and it let us know that our passwords got compromised. So that really stinks because now we have to rename our children. <laughs> oh, that's, come on. No, I, I will tell you that was the only joke. And then in the parking lot, the Lord blessed me with another joke. Um, by none other than our resident missionary. So, uh, it's a blonde joke. I'm sorry, Ames. Um, so, um, this, this blonde lady um, got on this plane, and she, uh, she didn't have a first-class ticket, but she went and sat in a first-class seat, and, and, um, and she didn't have a first-class ticket. I don't know if you guys have ever flown, but if you don't, you, you have a ticket with a number on it, and it's your seat number. And she uh, she went to a first class seat, and so the stewardess walked up and with the guy who actually, that's his seat. And he said, "She's like, ma'am, that that's not your seat. You need to go to um, coach. You know, like you you don't have a first class ticket." And she goes, "I'm blonde. I'm pretty, and I'm heading to Toledo." And, and he's like, she's like, ma'am, if you don't move, we will have to get airport security. This is not your seat. And she's just like, I'm blonde, I'm pretty, and I'm heading toward Toledo. And so the stewardess went and got the co-captain. The co-captain walked up to her and said the same thing. You're like, hey, ma'am, you can't sit here. This is not your seat. And she said, I'm blonde, I'm pretty, and I'm heading to Toledo. And like, they're to the point where, like, okay, I'm going to go get the captain, but um, we're about to get the police involved because you're not moving. This guy paid good money for this seat. And so the captain, they went and told the captain, like, hey, there's this blonde lady that will not get out of her seat. She just keeps, and he goes, stop right there. You said she is blonde? And he's like, yeah. It's like, well, my wife's blonde. I know how to handle this. And so <laughs> she walked back there, and um, he, at first he said, um, ma'am, you do need to, to move. And she said, I'm blonde, I'm pretty, and I'm heading to Toledo. So she, he leaned forward and just whispered something in her ear. And she looked at him and said, okay. And she went back and got in coach. And they went, and the guy was able to get a seat. The stewardess and the co-captain were like, 
blown away. Like, what just happened? He just whispered something in her ear, and she just got up willingly and everything. And um, the co-captain and stewardess walked up to the captain and said, what, what did you say? And um, he said, well, I told her that first class doesn't go to Toledo. <laughs> Oh, come on. That's awful. Okay, one more, one more. Uh, I'm sorry. Back in the 80s, they had this um, epidemic um, where they kept, blonde people kept getting their feet stuck in the steering wheel. And... Um, it was causing all sorts of horrible crashes all over the United States. And they did a study, and, um, and uh, they asked a blonde, like, why are you putting your feet up in your steering wheel and everything? And, and this is during the time, um, I don't know if you guys, you guys remember, that the high beams used to be on the floor. And they transitioned them to the column. So the they found that all these blondes were using their foot to turn on the high beams. <laughs> oh. Oh, that. Uh, okay, we're, we're done. We're done with jokes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Today we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 10. And we, we're, we're going to keep on repeating this. We're just expanding it. Last week, we talked about the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, and the gift of faith. This week, we are going to be talking about the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, and the gift of prophecy. And so, we're going to be um, jumping right into the scripture, so let's throw it up there. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. I love that Paul is going to great lengths to, under, to, to lay the groundwork, to lay the foundation of the fact that it's the Holy Spirit that does this. We can't do it ourselves. We can't work our way into heaven. We can't work our way into a spiritual gift. We can't, and, 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 and the, the Bible says that he gives whom he chooses, but these are gifts that, that the church needs to operate in, and we'll see why here in a second, but it's God, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work. So God's working through, um, you know, Alan over here in a certain way like we don't need to be jealous because he's working through you in a different way it's the same God we need to actually too often I can't speak for you I can speak for myself I just remember growing up when a church would blow up and grow abundantly instead of celebrating the kingdom growth we like well they must not be preaching the word like that was our first go-to Instead of saying, praise God, the kingdom is growing. People are getting saved and baptized and filled with the Spirit. You know, like, so, like, we don't need to be jealous. It's the same God who's doing the work, and he's growing his kingdom. A spiritual gift is given to help us, each of us so we, can, so we can help each other. Some translations say serve each other. So the reason why the Spirit gives these gifts is, so, like, if the Lord the Spirit so chooses to lay something on my heart or to do something miraculous through me or give me a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, it's not for me, it's for whoever's the recipient. God, it's, it's, it's so we can help each other walk out our faith to encourage. I can't tell you how many times I've been on the receiving end of um, of, of, of a text message. Like a month ago, I was just having a rough week, and out of the blue, um, Mike Garcia just texts me and says, man, I just really feel like I need to encourage you. And he just gave me a word from the Lord, and I was like, wow, that was exactly what I needed to hear at the exact moment I need to hear it, because God only works in the right time. So, like, it was a gift that he operated in to help to help each other. That's, that's why he gives us. 
To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice or a word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message, a special knowledge, or a, 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 some translations say a gift of knowledge. To one person, the Spirit, the same Spirit gives great faith. To another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. Suddenly, we have a huge verse. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. For today... Next week, we are going to hit on discernment and tongues and interpretation. But today, I want to focus in on the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, and the gift of prophecy. And I know that there are a lot of schools of thought concerning this. Some, some people believe that the gifts are no longer at work in the church. Some people believe that that was only for biblical times, and because we have a complete Bible, um, the, the, the term is canon, and we have a complete canon in Scripture, that we no longer need the gifts of the Spirit. Well, I would argue from personal experience that I've seen God heal miraculously. I've seen people's legs grow when we laid hands on them. I've seen cancer disappear. So, like, these gifts are for the church to help one another. And they're still at work. God hasn't changed his mind. The first century church weren't super Christians. Like, we're like, well, we're just so deluded now. No, we're not. The same spirit that lived in them lives in us. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us, the spirit of the living God. So the gift of healing, if you're taking notes, that's my point, the gift of healing. Like it's very like, so I want to make clear that everyone can and should pray for the sick. Like you don't have to be gifted in the gift of healing to pray for the sick. The Bible says in James that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And last week, as we talked about faith, faith is kind of like the foundation of which all the other gifts kind of flow out of. So you have faith not only that God can do something, but you have faith that he will do something. And not just that he will do something, that, that you're praying with expectation in that moment with such faith that you expect God to do it right then and there. And you're surprised when he doesn't. I think sometimes we can get lackadaisical in our prayer life and then like, oh, we're just going to pray because that's what we should do. And yes, that is what we should do. I think it's a beautiful thing that our, if we get to the point in our life where our default point is prayer. But the bad part about that is we can get lackadaisical. We can go through the motions of prayer. Prayer should never be a mo uh, uh, just like, oh, we're just going to pray for this because we should. And then we don't really have expectation of what, what's going to happen. No, if we pray... Let's expect that God is going to show up right then and there. Not only that he can do it, but that he is going to show up. And, and we, we can get very lackadaisical. We can get very lazy in that and, like, oh, and go through the motions in prayer and in faith and all these things and, and forget that we serve a real God. Like we, oh, I would never forget that. I understand, but like sometimes our prayer life looks different. Our prayer life would look differently if we started expecting God to show up right now. Because I want us to understand these, these things. It's not like we're in a college class and we're studying theory and all these gifts are theoretical and like, yeah, they could work if all the components are right. No, th this is not a theoretical thing. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. The same power 
is in us, and he empowers us. I can't do a single miracle. You can't do a single miracle. I can't, I can't heal a single person, but God can. And so when we go before God with expectation and faith, it, says, it doesn't say the prayer offered in faith might make the sick person well. Theoretically, it could make them well. It says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And so what I pray today happens is that we are challenged in how we think about prayer to where when we go before the living God boldly, like the Bible tells us, that we expect. I mean, just as last Wednesday, to give you an example, and I mean, I will shamelessly plug prayer night every week. But I, I think prayer night is essential to the church, and I would love to see all of us there. But this last Wednesday, uh, Mike Garcia walked in, and, and he was having horrible chest pains. And I asked him, like, hey, where is your pain at on a scale from, like, 1 to 10? And he's like, dude, it's like a 10. Like, he's like, it hurts from my shoulder all the way into my, my sternum. And, like, he's like, I can't hardly lift. And, and he was just – and so um, um, Pastor Nathan was um, – was, um, directing the service, and, and, and so there was Pastor Nathan, Bob, and myself, and we, we just laid hands on him, and we prayed. And um, then we asked, Where's, where, where is it, like, what couldn't you do before? Where is your pain at now? And he starts moving his arm all around. He's like, oh, it's a lot less. Like, uh, like, like dude, it doesn't hurt near as much through my chest and, and, and this muscle group, and and, and he's like moving on, he's stretching and all this stuff. And I said, well, where, where is it at? He's like, I, I, it's, I would say like, it's like half. And so we, Nathan and I, we just looked at each other like, well, let's pray again. We didn't ask God to, to, for, for halfway. So we prayed again. And then the same thing, he's stretching. He's like, oh my goodness, it's like way less. And so I said, well, let's pray again. And, and and it went from like a five, uh, it went from like a ten to a five to a three to a none. He's like, I don't have any pain. And like, praise God. <laughs> but I, I say that to say Nathan can't do miracles. He can't heal the sick. Ryan can't do miracles. I can't heal the sick. Bob can't do miracles. He can't heal the sick. But God, through us operating in this gift, can. God wants to interact with our life. And, 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 and that's just one of several stories. Last Sunday we prayed for someone. And I felt like the Lord told me to tell her, like, you're going to feel the presence of God in a way that you haven't. And you're gonna, it's going to be a sign that God's working in your body. And we just prayed. And she's like, she just got weak. And I, and I, like, I didn't pray like, oh, Lord, send it. You know, like. Like you know, what you imagine, like you know, old time. Like I was just like, Lord, I pray that you just touch her body, completely heal her, and because it's not about me, it's just like I'm gonna step in faith and obedience. And and she was like, I've never felt this. Like her husband was like holding her up, and and it, like the presence of God moved in her body. And I'm I can't wait. I think tomorrow she has a checkup. And, I, and I'm going to check in with Peter because his friends are theirs. I'm going to, I want to hear about how that checkup goes because I believe that God healed her. But God does this. The prayer offered in faith makes the sick person well. And then there are people who are gifted with, like the Holy Spirit's like, just I'm going to use them to heal people. The, um, throughout the early 1900s, there were so many evangelists they, they, they had faith revivals, and like Smith Wigglesworth was one of them. And like this guy, he just stepped and he, he just laid hands on the sick and they recovered. He like he laid hands on dead people and they came back to life. And but but with that said, you can say if you look at the, his life, I think Jack Coe is another one that that they call him faith healers because, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day. They still had to operate in faith. Every gift of the Spirit's foundation is faith. 
faith in God. I believe God is who he says he is. He'll do what he says he'll do, and he'll keep his word. And all the gifts work in conjunction with the word of God and the Holy Spirit, and, and his found, foundation is faith. I believe God. So even if you're gifted with healing, you still have to believe God. You still have to step in faith. Have you guys ever prayed with someone and you're like, you, you, your heart started pounding really fast because you knew that you had to pray for someone, whether it be healing or not, you just knew? And you're like, oh, I need to pray for him. Like the Lord just really laid them on your heart, either to call them and like, hey, I just, can I pray with you or something? Like, have you guys ever had that? And you're like, okay, this is one of those God moments and you're, your, your heart's racing, you know you have to step in faith. But even in that, it's faith. I'm going to step in faith. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what I should pray, but I just know I need to pray or I need to do this. And, and it's, all, it's all on God. You can't make, I can't make anything happen. So what does this look like? What does this look like? I was really praying about this, and I'm, if the Lord puts a thought through my head, I'm, I'm crazy enough to do it, and, I, and I, I don't care what it looks like, but I don't want us to sit here like in a college course and talk about something as if it's theoretical, and then not believe that God can do it. So this is what I want to do today. I know we're right in the middle of a message, and I have two more thoughts to talk about. But I believe that there are people here today that need God to touch their physical body. And I think it would be a shame to speak about healing and then not lay hands on the sick. And this is how we're going to do it. If you need a physical healing, I'm going to ask you to stand up in faith. Like you just need God to heal your physical body. Well, that was easy. Oh, there's one. Two, three, anyone else? Four, five, all right. So I'm not saying I'm, I'm gifted in healing. I'm not saying that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you guys, the church, there is one, two, three, four, five, six. The people who are around these people standing up, I want you to go to them, ask them, what do you need healing in? And I want you to pray over them. The Bible says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Just have faith that not only that God can. How many of you guys believe that God can heal the sick? Let's take a moment right now to set in our minds that God is going to respond to my prayer. Like right now, let's just say God is going to show up. Let's just declare it in faith. God's going to heal some people. In fact, if you're watching online, I believe God's going to heal some people watching online. At Easter, we had someone online who had, she was having a horrible migraine to the point that, that she was so sick. And we had a, people line the front for healing. And she just said, God, I receive it. And she, her migraine instantly went away. Migraines don't do that. And, and her nausea instantly went away. The Lord healed her. She was watching online. But as I was praying, this is a, a couple things that the Lord really laid on my heart. I believe that there, and I'm going to step in faith right now. Because I said, Lord, I, I don't want us just to, to pray, but there, there are some specific needs. I, I believe that there's someone that has chronic lower back pain. It comes and goes. And, and I also believe that there is someone and as I was praying last night about this, I feel like there's someone that's having issues with their left arm. Like their left arm is just giving them fits. And if you're not standing up and, you, and, and one of those things hit you, you need to stand up. Or if you're watching online. But those two things just kept going through my head. Chronic lower back pain. It'll be good for a season, but then it'll come back. It'll go away. It'll come back. And I believe that God wants to heal that. Issues with your left arm. Like it's just, it's just been giving you fits, like circulation and pain. I believe that God's going to do something. So take note, look around. If you're sitting, that means you need to be praying. 
If you're close by, you need to be laying hands on. And let's just take a moment. I'm going to pray from up here, but I want you guys to ask, what can I pray for you about? And then let's believe. Let's, let's move. Come on, church. I know this is unorthodox. This is unorthodox. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is in the middle of a message. This is for prayer, prayer response time. No, this, this is what the church does. This is what the church does. Father, you are a healer. Lord, you see every need represented here in this room, every physical need. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bind infirmity that's coming against these physical people and those who are watching online that are dealing with with cold-like symptoms, dealing with high blood pressure. I pray right now that you will heal bodies. Lord Jesus, your word tells us Your word tells us that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was upon you. And by your beating, your stripes, we are healed. So we declare right now an end to this infirmity. Infirmity, you ran your race too long in these bodies. And we say you are healed in the name of Jesus. We speak healing over every symptom, every issue right now in the name of Jesus. Every, every pain we bind and we release healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you hear us. We thank you, God, that you are for us. We thank you, God, that you are a God that meets us right in the middle of our pain. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. I know, that's, that's unorthodox. We, we don't normally do this in the middle of, of a service. I, I get that. But I, I want to ask, like anytime I pray for people, for God to heal them, I always ask, how do you feel? For those who just received prayer, how many of you can say, I feel better than I did when I stood? One. Two, let's just agree together. Father, I pray that you finish your work. Not that they just feel better, but that they are completely healed. Lord, there are people here with joint problems. In the name of Jesus, we release healing over joints. Lord, I pray that you open eyes right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, we thank you that you are a God that heals. Amen. It's not theoretical. I believe that there are people that we prayed for today and watching online that are going to either message us or come back next week and they're going to say, the Lord touched me. This issue has gone out of my life. It might not happen right at this moment, but (laughs) I come back to a lady that I prayed for her hearing and the Lord told me to stick my fingers in her ears. I know, that's so crazy and gross. I don't even like to stick my fingers in my ears. I'm like, Lord, I'm crazy enough to do it. And I did. And her hearing didn't change. And the Lord said, tell her this week she's going to notice that it's changed. And like a week later, she messages me. The ringing's gone. And then she went to the doctor. And the doctor's like, your hearing has greatly improved. It it didn't happen at that moment, but the Lord did the work because he responds to faith. He responds to faith. The prayer offered in faith makes a sick person well. I believe it's really that simple. What, What we just did corporately is as simple as it is to do out in public. What can I pray with you about? Let's pray. You don't have to quote every scripture that you know. You don't have to do any of that. You know, Peter, people had such faith in God in Peter that when he walked past him, his shadow healed people. Well, well, Peter was gifted with the gift of healing. I, probably. 
at the same time, he spent time with the Lord, and he walked by faith. Long before his shadow would heal people, guess what he was doing? He was laying hands on the sick. He would ask, how can I pray with you? That's as simple as it is. So if this was a college lesson, you guys just did, you guys just did a field test. But it's not theoretical. We didn't test a theory. God heals our bodies. He was beaten. He was beaten for our healing. That's a fact. He didn't do it lightly. He didn't say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to take this beating so I'm going to heal them part of the time. No, God wants to. God wants to heal us. The second, the second thing I want, I want us to talk about is the gift of miracles. And you might say, doesn't healing fall under miracles? Yes, it does. It 100% does. But miracles include healing, but it's not just physical healing. Like, for instance, let's just go back in the, like, throughout the Old Testament. There's healing in the Old Testament. There's healing in the New Testament. But like, um, when Jesus fed the multitudes, that was a miracle. No one, he fed fifteen to 20,000 people with the kids lunchable. Like, that, that's a miracle. Like, those don't even fill my kids up. And, and so, he, when, when God divided the Red Sea for the children of Israel to walk through on dry ground, that was a miracle. When he split the Jordan River, that was a miracle. Um, when he fed them manna every morning, bread from heaven, that was a miracle. Um, the miracle that David defeated Goliath. Like, well, David was a really good sling. Yeah, but to hit a person square as he's running right here with, with a rock and sink it into his head, I mean, that, that was a miracle. Um, when Jesus calmed the storm, that's a miracle. When Jesus cast out demons, or if you guys have ever cast out demons, that's a miracle. This gift works in conjunction with faith. This is referring to when God manifests supernaturally in the natural world, and it has nothing to do with healing, and there's no explanation. That, that, that's like... God's manifestation, super, like God's normal is supernormal. God's natural is supernatural. So he manifests supernaturally in this natural world. Have you guys ever prayed over something, like your car, and it started working? Yeah. And you have no reason for it to work? It's like broke smack up, and it starts working? That's a miracle. Like, God does these things all the time in our life, and we don't even realize how much his miraculous hand is at work in our life. And we're like, we're like, oh, wow, that was lucky. No, it was a miracle. Let's start giving God glory for where he's due. Have you guys ever prayed for provision? Like, Lord, I need you to come through in my finances. I don't have enough to make it. And... Suddenly, like groceries show up at your house or you get money randomly from people. That's a miracle. <laughs> like God is being who he says he will be. And if there's anything we can do as followers of Christ is we can lean on God being who he said he will be. He will be our provider. He will be our peace. Have you guys ever had a horrible situation and, like, most people would freak out. And you had overwhelming peace. Peace that does not make sense to this world. You're like, it's going to be okay. That's a miracle. I'm going like, to tell you a story about one time I prayed over something. 
that it did not make sense. And it was like such a miracle that I remember it vividly. Like there, 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 there are multiple times, but th- this one was, I was a broke college kid. And you're like, you know, like when you're broke, you have no money, but then you're a broke college broke. But that's like, that's a whole different level of broke. I mean, like, college kids know how to make gourmet ramen without ramen type of broke. (laughs) Like, I I was that. And I had a 1994 4Runner. We named it Big Blue. I did everything to that truck um, to the point where I rolled it and and I landed on its wheels. Like, um, that's where I got this nice little scar. But that, (laughs) that thing never saw a full tank. Like, I knew how many meters I could drive off of fumes. Like, because that, that thing, I, I think that thing, like, only knew how to run off of fumes because I hardly ever <laughs> put gas in it. And I was, in, in the town I was at, there's this hill called the Harrison Hill. And it's like a mile up the hill. It's not like a steep grade, but it's enough to where you have to, like, your, your car will downshift going up this hill. And then you crest the hill, and then it's like two miles down, and and it's and and it, it merges back with Highway 65, um, and so it's like a mile up, and then it's a it's just kind of a it's, it's steeper going up than it is going down, obviously from going from out of town, and my car was running on fumes, and I was actually heading to a gas station. And um, I, what's so funny is to save a nickel on a gallon of gas, I used to drive an extra two miles to get there. So I was passing gas stations to get, <laughs> you know, I didn't have my college degree yet. And my car, like my car died going up the hill. I was like, I had like half a mile of this hill left. And, you know, like the speed limit was 35 miles an hour. When you're not going fast uphill, you lose speed very quickly. And so like a dope, the first initial reaction when my car died was I need to restart it. Maybe it'll start. Well, there's a problem with that. I'm rolling at 35 miles an hour, so my vehicle is in drive. I don't know if you guys know this, but your vehicle will not start in drive. You have to have it in park for your engine to turn over. And so I reached up and I turned my car off. I was like, great. Like, then, then it clicked on me. As soon as I turned my car off, and I'm like, oh, snap. It's, I'm in drive. And you, when you're rolling at 35 miles an hour, it is very... Very smart not to put it in park. And I didn't. I just kept letting it roll to the point, at that point, I literally just like, this is stupid. I pulled my keys out of the ignition and I threw them in the seat beside me. And I'm rolling up this hill and I'm losing speed. Like you lose weight on a Jenny Craig diet. Like I'm losing speed. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I probably have about a quarter mile left to go up this hill. And I'm like rolling at five miles an hour. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Cars are passing me. And I literally said, Jesus, get me over this hill in the name of Jesus. Like, that's all I knew to do. And no joke, with my keys outside of the ignition and my car off, only thing I had going for me is I was still in drive. My engine starts, and it was like I was in a catapult. Have you guys ever been on those roller coasters where you're like still and they shoot you? And you go from like zero to 60, like in like two seconds. I went from like zero to like the like I was like five to like 40, and like boom! Like I, I launched, my engine started, I launched up that hill. And I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. I still didn't have power steering, which is so crazy. But, like, luckily it was straight. And as soon as I crested the hill, my engine died. And so 
I rolled for two miles down a hill, pumping my brakes like an EV. I, I rolled straight into a gas station with no engine running and my, car, my keys out of the ignition. And I, I, I say all that to say that's an example of how God intervenes. Like, that should not have happened. There's no way that could happen. I'm not an electrical, electrical engineer, a mechanical engineer. I'm not any sort of engineer. I'm not a mechanic. I, 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 I could possibly change a spark plug um, if I had to. You know, like, I, I could barely change my gas. So, like, I'm not. But God showed up. God showed up. And so... The only explanation for when God does miraculous is Jesus. He is a wonder-working God. He is a wonder-working God. So I want to do something today. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't have a physical need. And we're not going to repeat completely. But you say, I do need God to work a miracle. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's a need in your family. Maybe, maybe you're having issues with, with like finding a job, whatever. And you need God to intervene. You need God to work a miracle in your situation. You need breakthrough. God is still a God of breakthrough. And I believe that God is going to work. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've seen God work. When he tells us to do something, we should do it. And the Lord told me to pray for miracles today. One time, Amy and I, um, the Lord told us to, to give $600. And we were like, there is, there is broke college student broke, and then there's broke youth pastor broke. And we are broke youth pastor broke. But... We had $600 in our savings, and the Lord told us to give it to sponsor students to go on missions trips. And so we did. And no joke, 20 minutes after we gave it, we submitted it to the church anonymously. Um, this is like 2014, I think, 2015. Um, a lady, she went to our church, but she was driving past the church, and the Lord, the, she came into the church and said, the Lord just laid on my heart to do this. Like, I was like, what? And she's like, I just really feel like I need to give you this. And she gave me $1,000. <laughs> like, a miracle. You know, number one, you can't outgive God. It's true. I've seen it way too many times. But what I'm getting at is God's here to do that today. I'm not saying someone's going to give you $1,000. I'm saying that God's going to break breakthrough. I believe there's, like, God's going to provide jobs. God's going God's to mend relationships. God's going to restore families. God is going to work. Maybe you do need provision. I believe there are people that are watching that, like, man, they need provision. I, I, we need a second car. We need whatever. I believe. So, like, if, if you're here today, just slip your hand up and say, I just need God to work a miracle in my life. It has nothing to do with physical healing, but I just need a miracle. Yeah, I see hands up all over. I'm not going to ask you to like tell me what it is, but church, this is what I want to do. We are going to pray. We're going to pray God bring breakthrough and miracles in these needs. So just lift your hand up again. Take note, extend your hands, church, and let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are a God that still does breakthrough, that you are a God that still does miracles. Lord, you are a God that still shows up. Lord, this, you are a miracle-working God. You are a God of wonders. And Lord Jesus, you see every need here. Lord, you see, the, you see the mother that needs help. Lord Jesus, you see the person that's looking for a job. You see, Father God, the person that needs breakthrough in their family and restoration and, and lost loved ones to come to know you. You see that, God. And I pray right now that breakthrough will happen in the mighty name of Jesus. That this week, before the end of the month, that provision will come. Lord, that job doors will be open. That second vehicles will be given. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that people will come to repentance to know you and families. In the name of Jesus, because you are a miracle working God. You are a God of the breakthrough. You are a God that shows up time and time again. And you never get sick of it. You 
want to, we praise your name. Now, church, let's just thank him for who he is. Let's just thank him. Jesus, we thank you that you are bringing breakthrough and miracles right now. We thank you that you are a God that sees us right here, right now. That it is not by mistake that people are here. Lord, I thank you for every miracle that you're going to work out of these situations. Jesus, we worship you. We thank you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. This is not theoretical. God's a God of the breakthrough. And when God does a breakthrough, man, like, please, tell us. Not because, um, oh, Pastor Ryan prayed a prayer. No, we want to give all glory to God. We want to give all glory to Jesus. Our number one thing we do is celebrate Jesus. And we live in community. We share our story and we make a difference. The next thing I want to talk to you about is the gift of prophecy. This is a big thing. We need prophecy at work in the church. This is a gift for the church, and we need the role of the prophet at work in the church. In the Old Testament, this is a, the, the largest section of Scripture in the Bible is prophetic. The biggest book in the Bible is prophetic. You might say, well, Psalms is not a prophetic book. It does have prophecy in it, but that's actually not the biggest book in the Bible. Isaiah is the biggest book in the Bible. Psalms just has the most chapters. Isaiah is the biggest book in the Bible, and it is a book of prophecy. So what is prophecy? In layman's terms, it's specific details about the future that will come to pass or could come to pass based on specific action. For instance, Israel, it was prophesied. If they stayed faithful to God, God would bless them. If they turned their back on God, they would go into exile. It was contingent on their action. But it was still prophetic. So, there is no way for the prophet to predict either. It's not a prediction. It's specific Jesus, for instance, fulfilled over 350 Old Testament prophecies that were written for at least 400 years before he was even born. That is mathematically impossible. And Jesus did it when he walked on earth. Every Old Testament prophet, prophecy concerning the Messiah Jesus fulfilled. I think it does help since he, it is him that he is the word of God, that I, I, I'm just saying, I probably, that probably helped fulfilling all these things, but God fulfills his word. He fulfills his word. The role of the prophet in the Old Testament was not just to prophesy, though. It was to confront kings and nations and call people to repentance. I think today there is a role of the prophet in the church there's an apostle, there's a pastor, there's a teacher, there's a prophet. We need the fivefold ministry in the church, and we need the gift of prophecy in the church. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy, FYI. The Holy Spirit might give you a prophetic word in season for someone in a moment and just function in that gift. Uh, what, what, I, what I'm seeing, because I, I follow different people and I listen to different people, I, I think that there is a lot of self-titled prophets out there that are just throwing stuff out and they're, they're <laughs> there's no call to repentance. If you're calling yourself a prophet, you better be telling people to repent. That's the role of the prophet. Prophecy has very little to do with the prophet. <laughs> the gift of prophecy, though, is it's specific. You know, the Lord might say, I... You, you know, I shared last week, the Lord told me to tell my friend that she was going to have a baby in 2021 and it was going to be a healthy baby boy. Like, I don't even talk to her. Like, I haven't seen her since high school. But the Lord laid that on my heart to tell her. That was prophetic. She wasn't pregnant at the time. So, and, and I'm, I, I want to say, I'm not a prophet. <laughs> I'm not. 
The gift of prophecy, though, is for us to, is to come along beside the Christian and to help us for the future. There's one book of prophecy in the New Testament called Revelation. And we're actually getting to see that fulfilled right now as we live and breathe. Revelation is starting to come to life. And it's, it's not there for us to get scared. It's there for us to be prepared. So when the Lord gives us prophecy, he always equips us for what he asks of us. And for this, there's two things that you need. Obviously, you need Jesus. You need faith. And you need discernment. Because if someone comes to you and gives you a prophecy, you need to take that to the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not a word from God. If it, if, it, if it contradicts anything in the word, it's not for you and it's not from God. The Holy Spirit will always reinforce the word of God. He will always come into agreement with the word of God and he will always, always line up. The word of God is our baseline and we have to have discernment. I once, and we're going to talk about discernment next week, but I once had a professor that was a missionary. He told me, he said, if there's any gifts that you should seek, you should seek discernment. If you're going into ministry, you need discernment. If you're walking right now, there's so many people out there giving prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. You know, I mean, if you type in prophecy on YouTube, you're like, oh gosh, there's a million prophets out there. You know, like, we need discernment. We need, to, we need prophecy, but prophecy is to prepare us for what God's asking of us. And, and I, I want to wrap up here, uh, the Lord in 2020, April 2020, gave me a prophetic dream. And in this dream, I saw myself standing on a stage with a casket in front of me, preaching to a full house. And then it shifted. And then I saw my dad dating someone from his church. And I, it, it disturbed me because my dad was, um, my dad's been married, he, he was married to my mom for six, 46 years. Been faithful. And I, I woke up, I was so messed up because I, in the dream, I was uh, having like a third person perspective of, what, of, of these actions. And in this dream, I knew that I was preaching one of my parents' funerals and I didn't know who. And it messed me up. I woke up, and I, I remember telling Amy that morning, I'm like, I just had the dumbest dream. Like, I even said it was demonic. I was like, man, my dad would never cheat on my mom. Like, that's not from the Lord. But it was so detailed. And I brushed it under the rug that was April 2020 and just kind of forgot about it, didn't give it a second thought. And then my mom contracted COVID at the end of June of 2020 and then she went into ICU in July 2020 and she was and then all of a sudden this dream kept coming back I kept having this dream again of me preaching this funeral preaching this funeral and I remember bringing the staff and just saying guys I just really need prayer like I had this dream back in April and and it's just tormenting me of me preaching this and obviously my mom's in ICU with COVID. So like that, like I started to wonder, like maybe this wasn't, <laughs> maybe this was God. And then she got out of the hospital by the end of July. She started making a really good recovery. I'm like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then the last Saturday of August, my mom died of 20, August, 2020. And I thought, wow. I knew that moment I had to preach the funeral because the Lord already showed me. And that's the picture that my youth, the, the, the pastor of that church took. And it's actually the last picture that I have with my mom. She's in the coffin right there in front of me. But that's exactly what I saw down to what I was wearing. <laughs> like, in my dream, 
Like, they, when I had the dream, the stage didn't look like this. But in my dream, it looked like that. So I, I couldn't even figure out what church it was because they changed the stage between April and August. But that's what I saw in my dream was this image. It wasn't to stop me from doing something. It was to prepare me to do what was necessary because in that message, I got to preach the gospel. In that message, I had a cousin who attended. She gave her life to Jesus. And now she is in ministry in Oklahoma and she's credentialed with the Assemblies of God. But it started in that message. It started in that dream in April. I'm going to read a section of scripture out of Acts 21, 10 through 14. I say all this to show you guys what the, the gifts look like in, in, in practical operation. But in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 21, 10 through 14, it says, Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over and took Paul's belt. Now, I want you to understand, Paul was not wearing his belt at the time. So, it's not like he knew. Like, it was just, like, Jews would take their belt off and they would put it aside or in an area. So, like, he walked up and just grabbed this belt that was not on Paul, but it happened to be Paul's belt. And he bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When he heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. You might say like, well that prophecy, that should have been a clear indication that going to Jerusalem was not for Paul. Like, he's going to be bound and arrested. Like, like if, if we knew that was in our future, we like, oh, well that's not God's will for my life. But what prophecy did was just confirm what we already knew. Paul already knew that he had to go to Jerusalem because that was, that was what the Lord told him to do. The prophecy just was there to prepare him for what God was asking of him. He knew that he had to go, but he didn't know what all it entailed. So God worked through Agabus to give prophecy so that Paul would be fully prepared for what God was asking of him. And here's the beautiful thing. God will always, 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 always prepare us for what he asks of us. 100% of the time. You might not feel prepared, but we don't go by our feelings. We go by the truth. And we're going to do something different. I'm not going to have everyone line up like, the Lord gave me a specific prophetic word for each. No, that's not, that's not the case. I don't have a prophetic word for each of you, but it doesn't take prophecy for me to know that God has a beautiful, amazing plan for your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take prophecy for me to tell you that God wants a thriving relationship with you. Because that's already in his word. Even the hardest things, God works together for our good and his glory. That doesn't take prophecy for me to tell you that. Some of you have gone through the ringer recently. And you feel beat down. Messed up. And you don't know what to do. God's here. He loves you. This is not prophetic. This is just truth. 
and he wants to move in your life. If you're here today, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've had a relationship with him and you haven't been living for him, and you want to give your life back to him, I'm going to be up here, my wife's going to be up here, we'd love to pray with you. I'm going to tell you about a prophecy. In Isaiah, it says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. That means those sins that we unintentionally commit, Jesus was wounded for them. He was bruised for our iniquities. Those, those sins that we intentionally commit, those things that we know are sin and we still do it in sin. What is sin? Sin is missing the mark. It's, it's trespassing against God. It's, it's doing what we know is wrong. and We do it anyways. But the prophecy says in Isaiah about Jesus, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The good news is that prophecy was fulfilled 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ on a cross, on a Roman cross, and then three days later, he rose to life again to give us victory over hell, death, and the grave. And all he asks of us is that we confess our sins, we repent of our sins, and we ask him to be Lord of our life. That's it. So if you're here and you need to do that or give your life back to him, we're going to be up here. Maybe you're here and you just need to pray. You just need to worship the Lord. Well, we have that opportunity. So let, let's stand. Let's stand. I find that it's easier to respond when we're standing. And if you need prayer or you need, you, you, you need Jesus, whether you need prayer or you need a prayer of salvation, we're going to be up here to pray with you. But if you're here and you say, I just need, I just need to pray. I just need to, to rest in God or, or whatever that looks like. I just need to worship. Well, just take that moment and let's just give God glory. But as Pastor Andy leads, as the team leads us in worship, let's, 